Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac Salmanac and I'm very excited to be recording for you guys again. Took a little bit of a break for the new year, but I am back. In case you're wondering, this is a podcast for all of you out there that secretly think you have a new disease every time you have a sniffle, a slight twinge, or a headache. It's not a tumor. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD more than our fair share of the times. We are here to talk weird diseases, strange illnesses, crazy syndromes, rare disorders, all that good stuff, including common stuff out there now. But before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. First and foremost, I'm not a doctor or a medical professional of any kind. Please do not take anything we say on the show as medical advice. We are not trying to treat, diagnose, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Do not take what I say as a diagnostic tool. I just want to talk about all the fun and weird parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. Let's jump right in. Here's a really wild one. A man injected himself with magic mushrooms and the fungi grew in his blood, which put him into organ failure. This article is authored by Julia Naftalin. A man experienced organ failure after turning psychedelic mushrooms into tea that he then injected into his veins. According to a case report out this week in the Journal of Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry, the 30-year-old man's family brought him to a Nebraska emergency room after they noticed that he seemed confused. The man had bipolar disorder type 1. The doctors who wrote the case study learned, and he hadn't been taking his medications, so he had been going through manic and depressive episodes. During recent episodes related to his bipolar disorder, he researched how he could decrease his opioid use at home, his family said. That's when he read about the potential for a drug found in psychedelic mushrooms, aka magic mushrooms, that could be used for treating symptoms of depression and anxiety. Again, folks, I want to emphasize, do not try this at home. Indeed, a mounting body of research suggests that chemicals found in the magic mushrooms could be a treatment for people with differing magnitudes and durations of depression who haven't had success with traditional antidepressants. Previously researched at Johns Hopkins and New York University, multiple small studies of cancer patients who experience anxiety and depression as a result of their diagnosis have been conducted. After being given some of the chemical proponents found in magic mushrooms, the majority of patients reported an improvement in their symptoms immediately after treatment and over time. The drug is not to be injected, however, which this man learned from a three-week stint in the hospital. When people want to trip on psychedelic mushrooms, they consume them as is or in the form of a powder put into a capsule or tea that is then swallowed. But the man in this case, but the man in this case study boiled the mushrooms in water, filtered the liquid through a cotton swab, and then injected the substance into his bloodstream. A couple of days later, he started to become overly tired, vomited blood, and developed jaundice, diarrhea, and nausea. His family found him soon after and took him to the hospital. When the doctors met the man, he couldn't give coherent interview answers, and after tests, they found he had a liver injury, his kidneys weren't functioning properly, and he'd started to go into organ failure. Yikes. A blood sample revealed something even more shocking. The mushrooms, which thrive in dark places, had begun to grow in the man's bloodstream, causing the aforementioned health issues. He needed to be put on a ventilator to breathe, and his blood had to be filtered for toxins, the case report said. Doctors kept the man in the hospital for 22 days and gave him two antibiotics and one antifungal treatment. 
which he was prescribed to continue taking for the long term after he left the hospital. Hopefully they gave him some real antidepressants and real mental health medications as well to help with the conditions that he was suffering from to begin with. But again, do not inject things at home on your own. That can be <laughs> quite a scary experience. Here's an interesting one that I found in The Telegraph by Phoebe Southworth. It's called Hearing Aids Could Delay Dementia by Five Years, studies suggest. Hearing aids can stave off dementia in hard-hearing patients for five years, a new study has suggested. A third of over 50s who wear a hearing aid had not developed the condition in five years after they were diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment, researchers found. In contrast, 81% of those who did not wear hearing aids were found to have dementia. This is the first study to investigate the link between hearing aids and progression to dementia in individuals with MCI, those with memory difficulties but not classified as suffering from dementia. Some people diagnosed with MCI will go on to develop dementia and some will remain stable over time and a few people will improve and no longer have any problems. Scientists say the findings are an important first step in supporting a move to encourage people with hearing loss who are at risk of dementia to wear hearing aids. The researchers looked at 2,114 hearing-impaired patients over the age of 50 from the National Alzheimer's Coordinating Center. The percentage of participants who had not developed dementia five years after their MCI diagnosis was 19% for non-users of hearing aids and 33% for those using hearing aids. Overall, using a hearing aid was associated with the slowing of the conversion from MCI to dementia on an average of two years. Doctors say that while it might be considered a modest finding, the overall benefits to public health could be significant. In their opinion though, given there is no disease-modifying treatment for dementia, even a small beneficial effect of hearing loss treatment in delaying the disease can have a significant implication for public health. In fact, studies showed that delaying the onset of dementia by even two years would have a substantial economic and societal effect. The research was published in the Journal of Alzheimer's and Dementia, Transitional Research, and Clinical Interventions. Dr. Ralph Holm, Executive Director of Research at the National Hearing Loss Charity, RNID, said, it is well established that hearing loss is associated with an increased risk of dementia, and this new research supports the growing view that the use of hearing aids may help slow its onset. Further research is needed to definitively show this, but clearly taking early action to address your hearing loss can only be a good thing. RNID is helping to fund vital research to understand why hearing loss and dementia are linked. So if you suspect that someone in your family has either hearing loss or dementia or both, get a doctor's assistance right away. Get that person the hearing aids that they potentially need because it could be extremely beneficial in the long and short term. Okay, this next one I found incredibly interesting. It came out a few weeks ago, and the author is Joshua Zitzer. It's called Fecal Transplants Made Up of Poop and Microbes Are Being Touted as a Promising New Treatment for Cancer Patients. Fecal transplants are now being touted as a promising new treatment for patients with a serious form of skin cancer, according to research. The transplants, which are made up of poop and microbes, could be used to help those suffering due to melanoma. The procedure would involve transplanting stool from a healthy donor into the gut of a melanoma patient. This in turn may help the patient respond better to immunotherapy, research suggests. Melanoma, the most serious type of skin cancer, frequently requires different types of immunotherapy for treatment. 
There are signs from this study that suggest that the chances of successful immunotherapy treatment might be boosted by fecal transplants. In the study, healthy stool was taken from seven people who had responded positively to the immunotherapy drug. The stool was then transplanted into the guts of 15 melanoma patients. After receiving the transplant, the patients were prescribed a particular type of drug for three weeks. They were then monitored over the period of a year. The research showed that six of the patients responded positively to the drugs, with three of them seeing a large decrease of total, with three of them seeing a large decrease or total eradication of the skin cancer. Among all of the patients, there were promising signs of an increased survival time. The median survival time was boosted from seven to 14 months. While the results offer hope for treating melanoma patients, the study was only conducted on a small number of patients. The authors of the study told The Guardian that they hoped to carry out the trials on a large number of melanoma patients and to test the impact of fecal transplants on other cancers. Okay, the next article is written by Callie Coleman, and it's called, If You Can't Walk Up the Stairs This Fast, See a Doctor. With the coronavirus pandemic reaching new heights, many of us have stopped worrying about other health issues, and with the possibility of exposure in doctor's offices, you may not want to seek medical care for other concerns unless you're absolutely sure you need to. There's one reason why at-home evaluations are more useful now than ever before, and one new study has found that checking on your physical well-being could be just a few steps away. According to this research, taking too long to walk up the steps may mean your health is in danger and you need to see a doctor. Researchers from Spain presented a study in December 2020 in a scientific meeting of the European Society of Cardiology that compared the results of a stair climbing test to exercise testing conducted in a lab. In the study, researchers concluded that the ability to climb four flights of stairs in under a minute indicates good cardiac health. The stairs test is an easy way to check your heart health. If it takes you more than one and a half minutes to ascend four flights of stairs, your health is suboptimal and it would be a good idea to consult a doctor. The researchers observed 165 patients who were symptomatic patients referred for exercise testing because of a known or specified coronary artery disease. These participants either walked or ran on a treadmill while the intensity was gradually increased until exhaustion, and then their exercise capacity was measured as metabolic equivalents. After the participants rested, they walked up four flights of steps at a fast pace, this is about 60 steps, without stopping or running, and their time was recorded. Comparing these results, those with faster walking times tended to have better results, which meant their heart health was in better shape. During the treadmill test, researchers also generated images of the heart to determine how it functions during exercise. If the heart works normally during exercise, this indicates a low likelihood of coronary artery disease, researchers noted. Through these images, researchers found that 58% of patients who took a minute and a half or longer to climb the stairs presented abnormal heart function, which indicates a higher likelihood of coronary artery disease. In comparison, only 32% of those who climbed the stairs in less than one minute showed abnormal heart function. Doctors noted that at-home tests like this could be more accurate for patients who are already exhibiting symptoms of coronary artery disease. If you have concerns about your heart, you should monitor yourself for other heart-related symptoms and seek medical attention if necessary. You also want to be aware that you need to seek medical attention right away if you experience chest pain, nausea, dizziness, or persistent coughing. Here are more signs of heart problems that you can check for. Number one, chest pain. 
According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, symptoms of coronary artery disease include chest pain or discomfort. In fact, the first sign someone has of coronary artery disease could be a heart attack, which may manifest as chest pain. Number two, nausea. A heart attack may not appear as chest pain, however. Doctors say that some people have symptoms of nausea, indigestion, heartburn, or stomach pain when they experience a heart attack. It's much more common for women to report this as a heart attack symptom than men, they know. Dizziness. Feeling suddenly faint may not be a cause for worry, but if you experience this dizzy feeling alongside chest discomfort or shortness of breath, you should contact a doctor immediately. Heart Association spokesmen say this could mean your blood pressure has dropped because your heart isn't able to pump the way it should. Number four, persistent coughing. The American Heart Association says people with heart failure may experience persistent coughing or wheezing because fluid is built up in their lungs. It's a particularly notable sign of heart failure if your coughing produces white or pink-tinged mucus. So if you're experiencing any of those things and you cannot climb the stairs in the time period indicated in the article I just read, go see your doctor. Here's another one for the books written by Emily Cleary a few months back, and it's called Abusive Boyfriend 38 Faked Terminal Cancer to Stop Girlfriend from Leaving Him. And I think this happened in England, but a council worker faked cancer to stop his girlfriend from leaving him, even walking with a cane and taking vitamin pills as daily medication. Kevin Beavis, 38, lied about being terminally ill to convince Karen Gregory to stay with him. The father of three's deceit came to an end when his partner contacted police after his abuse became violent. Gregory had denied this man's repeated request to have sex with other men and was about to end the relationship when Beavis told her of his cancer. A court heard that she felt so sorry for him she eventually went swinging to please him. Beavis, from an area in England called Sittingbourne, would swallow 20 pills per day as part of his act. The divorcee who worked for Graveson Borough Council Housing Department even pretended to collapse in front of the neighbors when his girlfriend was out. The woman said, he would say he didn't want me seeing him like that. I would pick him up and he would come out with bandages and tell me about all the nurses there. He would have medications, boxes of pills throughout the day, and I found out they were just vitamins and supplements. The pair met on Facebook in 2016, but three months into their relationship, Gregory attempted to break up with Beavis due to his quote-unquote, sexual urges, she told Quartz he wanted to do swinging, but I'm not into that, so I thought it would be a problem. But he insisted he would never make me do any of that. However, Beavis refused to take no for an answer, and in May 2017, when Gregory threatened to leave, he told her he had stomach cancer. The court heard that Beavis even lied to his parents about having the deadly disease in order to keep up the charade. Gregory said, I was standing next to him as he broke the news to his mom and dad. If he can lie like that to his parents, you have got to believe it. Having escalated his lies, Beavis also said he had mouth cancer and later a brain tumor and that he had two years to live. Gregory said she had serious misgivings about the relationship but felt unable to leave him. She began booking experiences and nights away for them. Her friends paid for a hot air balloon trip and she started making a memory box full of photos for his mom and dad to keep when he died. She said, how can you leave someone who's dying? I thought I would try and make the best I could for him. Beavis persistently asked Gregory to have sex with other men as part of his sexual fantasies, and although she did not want to, she eventually relented and had intercourse with three different men. Yikes. As the lies continued, she stood on the sidelines cheering Beavis on as he competed in a half marathon, raising money for cancer charities. 
She had begged Beavis not to take part in the events as she believed he had overcome tremendous pain to do so. During his trial, it emerged that Beavis repeatedly assaulted Miss Gregory, each time pinning her down and wrapping his hands around her throat. He said, I could kill you. I've got nothing to live for in reference to the cancer and later blamed his violence on the steroids he claimed to be taking as part of his treatment. The deceit came to an end in December 2019 when Gregory asked the police about her partner's background under Claire's law after being encouraged to do so by her daughter. She told police he was violent and he was arrested the next day. Beavis admitted to lying about his illness after police checked his medical records and Gregory was informed. She said, I couldn't believe it. It was like something you read in a magazine. Beavis was handed an 18-month prison sentence and a five-year restraining order. Yikes. I think the depths that some people will go to to deceive and fool someone are pretty dramatic. And last but not least, I want to talk about the Gorilla Glue Girl because it has been taking the internet by storm lately. And this week, the world was introduced to this young woman named Tessica Brown. I found this article on CNN, the author's A.J. Wilmingham. And it's called The Undeniable Hold of Gorilla Glue Girl and What It Says About the Empathy of the Internet. This week, the world was introduced to Tesca Brown, a young woman from Louisiana who possibly made the most unfortunate hair care mix-up in history. Instead of using regular hairspray in her hair, she grabbed a can of Gorilla Glue spray adhesive and went to town. The result was, well, exactly what you think would happen if you coated your head in industrial strength glue. Her hair became an impenetrable helmet, and as her social media videos about the incident racked up millions of views, people became obsessed with her predicament. Do you roll your eyes at someone who's gotten themselves into such a situation? Do you feel bad? Cynicism or empathy? It's a choice we often face as we observe an endless parade of online strangers whipping out their mistakes, poor decisions, and unfortunate mishaps for the world to see. Reaction to her mistake was mixed. While there were plenty of laughs to be had at Brown's expense, it seems like a good portion of people chiming in on the situation genuinely felt bad and wanted to help the poor woman. The comments section of her videos became little brainstorming summits, with people trading all the adhesive solvent tips they could. Even Chance the Rapper mentioned it, saying he was glad people were helping Brown and said it was hard to laugh at the video since she seemed to be in such distress. The incident obviously inspired a lot of eye rolls too. After all, people do all kinds of dangerous, bizarre things for a little bit of social media clout. Hazardous stunts of yore like the cinnamon challenge in the early 2010s even launched the careers of a few successful YouTubers and the Tide Pod challenge still lingers online as a meme about the follies and chemical poisonings of youth. We wake up every morning in a world where super gluing your hair to your head is not the worst career choice you could make. In the case of the Gorilla Glue Girl, it's hard to know what to think. Brown knew she was using Gorilla Glue, but who among us hasn't had a similar experience and grabbed a can of something thinking it was something else? If you've never left the house with a little bit of spray deodorant in your hair or slicked up your counters with Pam when you meant to reach for Lysol, congratulations, you're just built different. It's also worth noting some eagle-eyed TikTok users pointed out that there's a line of hair care called Mocha de Gorilla, which features a gorilla on the packaging, and Brown's preferred hairspray is called Got To Be Glued. Coincidence? Maybe. Then again, we did survive a time when people were shoving entire spoonfuls of dry cinnamon into their mouths. Len Martin, a challenge mythbuster of sorts, tried the so-called Gorilla Glue Challenge and stuck a red Solo cup to his lip. 
Shockingly, shockingly, it fused with his lip straight away and he had to get it peeled off at the hospital. Do not, I repeat, do not try this at home. Here's the catch, though. Martin says he was doing it to prove what many internet critics have long suspected, that Brown was overplaying the situation for clout. He says definitively and with firsthand evidence and perhaps a little less lip that she was not lying about how much it sucks to have Gorilla Glue in places it does not belong. There's another part of the puzzle sorted. Mix-ups do happen, and when you do it, it's really unpleasant. But if you do it, even when you do it on purpose... Whether Brown knew the outcome when she put the Gorilla Glue in her hair, she clearly struggled in the aftermath, visiting the hospital and trying various removal methods. Just shave it off, said some people. Others pointed out that hair means a lot to some people, and they completely understood Brown's insistence that she wanted to salvage her hair by any means possible. For this, another conversation arose about the relationship between black women and their hair and the rigid beauty stereotypes they have to contend with. So many are being dismissive of her. One of the hosts of The View said on Twitter, Given the history of how black women are targeted and still battle the pervasive belief that our natural hair is unprofessional, unkempt, or in some way a statement, please show her some grace and understanding. Again, empathy. Brown eventually relented and had her long ponytail cut off. A Beverly Hills surgeon offered his services for free to help un-gorilla glue herself, and she took him up on it. After a four-hour-long surgery, Brown's head is blessingly glue-free. The secret? According to Dr. Michael Obang, who did the procedure, he used a medical-grade adhesive remover, aloe vera, olive oil, and even acetone. In a video of the surgery, Brown can be seen weeping, running her hands through her much shorter but finely normal-feeling hair, and it's hard not to feel relief for her. Regardless of the intent, everyone stands to gain a little bit here. Brown has gotten plenty of love and has finally gotten free of her Gorilla Glue nightmare. She and her family also started a fundraiser for her predicament. The surgeon who helped her and the copycats warning about the Gorilla Glue challenge get a little bit of secondary fame. Even Gorilla Glue looks cool, coming into a TikTok comments section with advice, even if they've had to put out multiple statements urging people not to misuse their product. Again, cynicism. And as this yarn winds itself further into the fabric of weird internet history, Brown still insists it was an honest mistake and by all accounts reacted exactly like someone who put glue in their hair would. Plenty of people believe her and showed her kindness, or at least have suspended their disbelief long enough to be genuinely invested in her well-being. We already know that much of what we see on social media is exaggerated, augmented, and tactically packaged to the point that the story often means more than reality. So... Gorilla Glue Girl, the person, may not be as central to the discourse as Gorilla Glue Girl, the parable of mistakes, of a hard-to-remove substance, of cultural beauty standards, and of the consequences of one's actions. How we react to her misfortune is another personality test that reveals the conditions we set on our empathy and how much we need to believe it in order to share it. And this is the point where we say so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email. You can write to us at hypoalmapodcast at gmail.com. We will throw that down into the show notes as well as all the articles we've talked about on the show today. And please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye.